Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer. For years to come, try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Good evening, or afternoon, or morning, whenever you're listening to this, because this is an early week episode of Biscuits. It's the 23rd episode of Biscuits, and it's the playoff preview edition of Biscuits. So if we came out on Friday, we really couldn't preview anything because the playoffs would already have started. So in an effort to give you the best possible product, we are coming at you early this week. And as always, and forever, I am Dave Lozo, and I am not alone, am I? No. Well, I mean, I... Well, Big picture, I can't really. <laughs> but no, for for the next hour or so, you are not alone. Feels uh, good because uh, you've got you've got me, Sean McAdoo. I'm up here in Ottawa, home of the playoff bound, home ice bound, not especially good Ottawa Senators. <laughs> How is the Battle of Ontario fans going for you? I, you know what? After watching the two fan bases go at it last night after it was confirmed that they weren't even going to play each other i am i am so glad that we oh. did. like i th- these two fan bases are not ready you wanted it for i wanted it from a leafs fan perspective clearly that was the better matchup there's no question they they would have had a shot at beating ottawa maybe even a pretty decent shot and they have very little shot at beating the washington capitals but just from a personal, psychological, mental health state of, <laughs> you know, point of view, it's it's crazy. Like uh, I, I can tell you, I can I can I can look at both perspectives on this because I am a Leafs fan, but I've lived in Ottawa for twenty years. I, it it just it's a rivalry that brings out the worst in both fan bases, and I thought you know it had been like. 10 or 13 years since it had actually mattered. I thought maybe things were different. No, they're not. It's <laughs> it's exactly the same. Toronto fans get like this huge chip on their shoulder and, and you know, all of this stuff about, you know, about how the, the Ottawa doesn't sell out their games and all this. Like, you know, good, good, good job. You live in a city with 5 million people and the team's been around for 100 years. You did that. That's, that's all on you. Great job. And then meanwhile, Ottawa... Which is a very nice city. Like, I live here. I like it here. But it turns into such a small town. As soon as anything involving Toronto or the Maple Leafs gets mentioned, they just, it turns into, like, the tiniest, saddest little small town 
that you could imagine <laughs> uh, with with the tiniest, saddest little people. And it's uh, yeah, it. it I, I don't know why I didn't assume that Twitter would make this worse because Twitter makes absolutely everything worse. But yeah, I'm 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 a, bring on a sweep by the Capitals if it means I don't have to listen to Lease and Sens fans try to try to bird each other on social media for the next two weeks. That's already started, by the way. I always forget about that. Every year when the playoffs start, this always happens. Like one fan base goes on to like Ticketmaster or StubHub and they find out that the, the other team that that team is playing has seats available for like game one or game three or whatever. It's like Florida or, you know, when Arizona make the playoffs. But today people were making fun of the Capitals because they're playing Toronto. Toronto, like you said, it's it's a city with five million, five million people and 100 years of hockey history. Caps are still a relatively new franchise for in, in terms of... I guess the long-term perspective of the National Hockey League, and people were like, oh man, 40 bucks for mezzanine-level tickets for Game 1 at Verizon Center in Toronto, that would cost you 500 bucks. I hate... Here, here's, here's the thing I've come to learn over the years, is we can't let in any new playoff teams anymore, because the second we let them in, the fan bases that you've never heard from, who are just as bad as all the other fan bases, but like you've built up a tolerance to all the other ones where like they don't bother you anymore. But like last year when the Islanders got in, like Islander fans were just like, you know, tracking down old predictions where, where nobody had the Islanders making the playoffs. And it was like, what's up now, buddy? <sighs> yeah, I mean, not for nothing. You haven't really been good the past 10 years. And now Toronto is that new is that new team where they're, they're getting in for the first time in a full season and they're they're tracking down. Hey, Lightning fans, remember when you told us we weren't going to make the playoffs? Oh, dude, really? Oh, yeah. And, and, and Oilers fans, too. You've, you've got them on the other side and I, I haven't seen it yet, but you know, it's coming. Like it's being worked on right now where in every first round series, there has to be that one media homer who writes the like anti other city column, mm-hmm. like not even the anti team, but like the city, like your restaurants are bad and you don't have a museum and like <laughs> just desperately just begging, please, somebody pay attention to me, please let me get a bunch of clicks and get invited to go on the local sports talk radio. Your zoo sucks. You don't even have an elephant in your zoo. (laughs) Just, uh, the, just the, the worst. Well, tell Uh, me, tell me this, tell me this. Let's, let's focus on the positive. What was, what was, what was it like for you to watch that Penguins game? Toronto Pittsburgh for the right to go to the playoffs. It was, it, it, it was a fun game. It was a fun ending. Uh, you know, the first 50 minutes of that game were, I mean, if you were going to write the script of how the Maple Leafs are going to miss the playoffs, that was pretty much it. You know, <laughs> like the the ex player Phil Kessel comes back and scores the goal, and the goaltender gets hurt, and the Leafs kick the winning goal into their own net. Like the only like it, it could have used a blown third period lead to really to really take it home, but uh, you know all of that goes on, and then yeah, then they 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 come back, they get the goals. Uh, and, 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 and the, the tying goal, the biggest goal of this entire season gets scored by, uh, Kasperi Kapanen, who is not only the prospect that the Leafs got in the Phil Kessel trade. So, I mean, there, there's your, there's your symmetry there, but is also the son of Sammy Kapanen, who is well known to Toronto fans as the Philadelphia Flyer who got absolutely obliterated by Darcy Tucker in overtime in 2004, roughly 30 seconds before Jeremy Roenick scored the goal yep. that knocked the Leafs out of the playoffs for a decade. 
I, like it's it's been that long since the Leafs have been in, in the playoffs for real, like in a full season that like we now have like children coming back to avenge <laughs> their fathers. I mean, it's it you couldn't you couldn't draw it up any better. And, and it was great. And every you know, if you're a Leafs fan, Saturday night was, you know, your highlight of the season and then you got Sunday night with a chance to go play the Senators and it it didn't go so well and now they get to go and get crushed by the Capitals, but you know what? It's still it, any Leaf fan who complains about this season, I don't care if they lose 10 nothing four straight games. It, you can't possibly complain about this season. Oh no. I mean possibly. I mean, I think we both thought like they would be fun to watch this year, but they just wouldn't have enough defense to 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 get it done. And they've exceeded yeah. that. They're literally like, like it's so. Like sometimes people say like, "Oh, this team is ahead of schedule." Like the Sabers are behind schedule on their rebuild, but like the Leafs are, they're ahead of schedule. Like anything you get, like you you win, you lose three games, ten nothing, and you win one like five four in overtime, and then lose the fourth game, ten nothing. Like you've had the most yeah. unexpected fun you've had in forever with this team. Exactly. It's 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 been great, and I'm you know, and. and I'm laughing at myself as I say this because I guarantee five minutes into the first game I'm going to be complaining <laughs> about something. I'll be miserable and angry. Uh, but and you know they they did they they blew it a little bit on Sunday night because I I really I really have a hard time seeing any scenario where they they give the Capitals a tough time. But it, you yeah. know what? It's going to be a fun series. You know the next step now that you've gone from dead last to the playoffs. The next step is you want to be one of the elite teams, and so you're going to get a firsthand look at an elite team for the next four or five games. And, uh, you, that's, you know, that's worth something too. And, and the, I mean, the other thing was if they had lost out, if they had lost both the games on the weekend and missed the playoffs by one point, you know, 93 points would have still been an amazing accomplishment in, in, you know, one year after being dead last, but the way it ended would have stunk. Like there's no, there's yeah. no question that if, you know, losing four straight when you only need a one win, that, that is the kind of thing that can kind of hang on you a little bit. And so, you know, they avoided that and then we'll see. I'm I'm sure there's some scenario that could play out against Washington that would still ruin everything. But uh, for for the most part, I, I mean, I, I, I very rarely say this, but if you're a Leafs fan, it's, it's, it's positive. It's optimism now. It's all good. All right, so we're going to go through every series here, talk about it, predict it, go 0 for 8 probably for each of us. And uh, we'll do award winners too at the end of this just because um, even though I feel like we're probably in sync on all of them and I feel like most of them are obvious, but we'll, we'll, we'll bestow these players with our own personal awards because we know that's what's most important to them. But I'm guessing based on our, our talk here, uh, you do not feel like the Leafs have much of a chance against the Capitals. One game? Will they win one game? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I had my, my, the first half of my pr- uh, predictions went up on Vice today, and I, I had Washington five, and you know, do they have a chance? Yeah, it, I mean, in today's NHL, the gap between even the best teams and the worst teams is not not that big, so yeah, I mean, if a bounce here, yeah, you know, a couple overtime wins, could they maybe? Yeah, you know, it's not out of the question, but realistically. I, I mean, I just I think Washington is is head and shoulders better than the Maple Leafs, and I, and I think they're head and shoulders better than most teams. Uh, they're my I think my Stanley Cup pick this yeah. year. I haven't quite nailed it down. I haven't quite worked up the courage. And and but th- this is a really good team, and they've got absolutely everything that that you'd want. And I know like I know there's some Washington fans out there saying like, yeah, but it's it's the Capitals. It's it, it always goes bad. 
there's always some heartbreak. There's, you know, wouldn't it be the most capital thing in the world for them to go into the playoffs against a team that was dead last a year before and find a way to lose in the first round? And my answer to that, <laughs> as a Leafs fan who knows a little bit about suffering, this is not the series where the hockey gods bring the suffering. This is the series where the Capitals look unbeatable and suck you back in and pull you onto the bandwagon. And then in the next round against the Penguins is when the heartbreak comes, if it is going to come this year. It's it's not going to be in this series. I think I think Washington, Washington in five. So I feel similar about the Leafs and the Caps like you do. I'm going to say the Caps in five as well. But the one storyline that's going to get hammered is the Leafs' inexperience. You know, all the rookies, you know, all these guys get into the playoffs together for the first time. They're all ahead of schedule. But I think there's you're going to overlook the talent Toronto has. At the end of the day, like, yeah, you want to have experience and everything like that. But, like, you look at the Blackhawks in 2009. Like, they went from just garbage team to conference finals to Stanley Cup. Out of, out of nowhere. You know, yep. the whole thing with experience really didn't matter. They just had a super loaded, talented team that was still mostly young. And I'm not saying Toronto's going to make a conference finals run this year, but I think they're good enough for sure to get one game off the Caps. And yeah, I understand that this isn't going to be the series the Caps blow, but the Caps have too much of a propensity for pooping their pants where like like last year against the Flyers, we were all like, oh man, the Flyers are just, you know, the, forget it. Like the Flyers are going to win that series in five games. And it went six, but it was the most grueling six game series ever because that's just what the Caps do. They find a way to make Michael Neuvert look like the greatest goalie in the world for two weeks. And Freddie Anderson is plenty good enough to be that guy. So I, I, I'd give the Leafs up to, up to game six to maybe mess around in the series. But like, like we said, you go five in the series and lose. You know, it just lays the foundation for next year. You're you're not a tanking team. You're no longer trying to get to the lottery. There's nothing wrong with finishing, you know, whatever it works out to be, 14th overall in the standings and picking in the middle. Like, you're set up for the future. So, yep. caps, in, caps in five is what I'll it's say. It's all good. And and just one, let me just throw one other thing out there because I haven't actually seen anyone else touch on this angle. But the the one glaring issue that the Leafs have is they, they don't really have that number one defenseman. Yeah. And they've there's been a lot of talk because they got a bunch of cap space but they you know free agency isn't really great those guys tend not to be available by trades the only guy who really was going to be available was kevin shattenkirk and the problem with him is as a free agent you figure he's probably going to want seven years the leafs have got a good caps situation for two years and then it, it probably all goes to hell because marner and matthews and everyone needs an extension there had been some talk of do you throw a monster offer at Kevin Shattenkirk for two years? Do you offer him two years, $25 million, and and see if that's enough to get him to sign a short-term deal, knowing you've got all the cap space in the world, and then he hits free agency again in a couple of years, you're not going to be able to bring him back. But by that point, you know who knows what else you've, you've been able to develop. And, and I never really put a ton of stock in that, um, partly because I, I just don't see guys passing up the long-term security. Right. And partly because I, I think we've all assumed that Shattenkirk's going to wind up going to the Rangers, and that that's that's where he's got his sights set, anyways. But the one thing that could maybe tilt the scale a little bit would be Kevin Shattenkirk getting a firsthand look at what Toronto is like in the playoffs mm. when the city's going crazy and the building is rocking and all of that stuff. And you know, maybe just maybe just put a pin in that one for uh, for for July first that he's he's going to get that kind of up close and personal look at what this city could be like, a, a fraction of what this city could be like 
if uh, if they actually become as good as we think they could be. And, you know, would he like to be a part of that? Yeah, you know, let's just set that one aside and, yeah, let, let it percolate. So ideally, what you want, well, not what you want, obviously you want the Leafs to win, but in, the, in a realistic scenario, you want the Caps to win the first two games, have the Leafs win, like, game three in overtime, like a nice pumped up, excited building. And then this way for game four... You know, if you go into game four down 3-0, it sucks. Like, you know it's over pretty much at that point. But game four at the Air Canada Center where, hey, we win this game and tie it up. This could be fun. But the Caps win that game and they win game five at home. That's probably the ideal scenario if you're a Leafs fan and if you really want to get Kevin Shattenkirk for, for a couple of years. That's- you know, I'd, I'd, even, I'd, I'd, I'd even push it to a six game, let the Capitals win the game, and then the, the Leafs get a monstrous standing ovation as they leave the ice ah. and, and- then Kevin Shattenkirk goes back to Washington and their $45 playoff tickets. And he thinks, gosh, that was ever so much fun. I'd really, and then he signs with the Maple Leafs and he shows up on the first day of training camp wearing like the wrong color shirt and the media destroys him. He spends two years being miserable and texting all of his hockey star friends, telling them to never make the same mistake he did. Don't come here. Everyone hates, everyone hates Americans here. All right, let's do Pittsburgh-Columbus next. I feel like that's going to be an interesting series. We talked about this that's last be a week. One. But yeah. I, the way I look at it is healthy Penguins win that series easily. I don't really know for sure at this point as we talk on Monday what that team is going to be like when it takes the ice for game one. Malkin will play, but the re- only Matta played his first game last night. You know Who knows where he's going to be by the time that series gets going or gets in, gets in deep. Um, Carl Hagelin, you have all these guys that are hurt, but I just feel like that the Penguins at 85% are still plenty good enough to beat Columbus at 100%. The Columbus win against Toronto last night, I mean, it was a meaningful game to the extent that Toronto didn't want to play Washington, but Columbus really doesn't have many wins against quality teams the last month. Toronto no. counts. But first first playoff, first win yeah. against a playoff team since March 2nd. So now you're going to tell me that they're going to take four out of seven from the defending champs? I just yeah. I just don't see I it. Was, I was heavily behind the Penguins until the Chris Letang news came out, and that gave me a bit of a pause, but I still ended up picking the Penguins. I picked the Penguins in six. Yeah, I'll say Penguins in seven. I think Columbus will... You know they'll they'll like slash and cross check Sidney Crosby to the point where he's he's only effective enough to to win the series in seven. Like Brandon Dubinsky will like you know slice his skate across the back of Sidney Crosby's knee, and the referees will just be like playoff hockey. That's just how hey superstar is going to do some crazy stuff to get by in the playoffs. Like even even like assault. Hey, I, you know what? It's just an accidental you know Achilles tendon slash. And yet nothing we can do. We can't call that. And that'll make the series go longer than it should. Like Columbus could still win that series. Like I don't like it, with Latang, they had no chance to win that series, none whatsoever. And now I think they have a chance. Like I think it'll be a tight series, probably a bunch of one goal games. And it, and it could also be one of those goaltending tilts the series type things. Yeah. Where Sergei Bobrovsky just stands on his head, and suddenly I, you know, it's two games to one, and you're winning game four, and. You're looking around, going, "Geez, this might actually happen." So I, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked, but I, yeah, I, I feel reasonably good about picking the Penguins in that one. Like Columbus, they have, they, they could have the better goaltender if their power play starts doing what it did earlier in the season. I mean, the Penguins, with, with the Penguins banged up, their second power play unit is not great. So if they don't really score in the first minute ten of their power play, they have to throw out like a bunch of you know AHL guys for the second unit. That's going to cut their power play in half too, but. 
I just, I, I just can't, I just can't envision it. Penguins and seven. And it just, you know, you go back, like it sets up so well for Washington. They, they, with a matchup, they should be able to finish early, and their round two opponents are, are going to, you know, the, the two teams they could face in round two are just going to be bashing each other's brains in for yeah. six or seven games. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's looking good for them. The Caps can't screw this up. This postseason seems like it's foolproof for the Caps. Like everything, like and they're going to play either Montreal, Boston, Ottawa, or the Rangers. And they're they're late years better. Than, like their third round matchup in theory will be mm-hmm. tougher or easier than their second round matchup. And then they're, I mean, ugh, they just can't screw this up. Can they? Yeah, they can. Or can they? <laughs> All right, let's move over to the Atlantic slash Metro. Yes. Since there's speaking of Metro teams, let's move to the Atlantic yeah. division. <laughs> Montreal versus the New York Rangers, a postseason matchup that I feel like was set in stone sometime in February I, because, yep. of, because of the wild card setup and because of the division. Um, what are your thoughts on this? I've, I've, I've thought about this series a lot because I'm always at the Garden and I just okay. I got my thoughts. I, I want to hear your, your thoughts because I'm on the fence on this. I, I will say my, my first thought is thank you to the Montreal Canadiens for finishing one point ahead of the Rangers and preventing us from having to hear about the playoff format for the next two weeks but we still will uh, we still will because like this shouldn't be a first round matchup this should be yeah, yeah like it well, but it would be. in in a in a one versus eight if if we had true seating like take the divisions out of it this would have been the four versus five matchup so oh you're it's right fun. yeah it's, you're right you're right you're right yeah if if we were gonna do you know that so i this is it, but it's a good matchup you know original six rematch from a couple years ago remember carrie price getting run over no, uh, in, no, in I don't remember series. that. What happened? Did anybody ever bring that up? I don't remember. No, not very. Montreal fans were were pretty pretty yeah. fine. Yeah, like I think they, they felt like it was a it totally off. fine play, and they didn't really complain at all on Twitter about that. It's, so yeah, it's hockey. It's a non-story. That's, that's how it happens. <laughs> uh, probably the best goaltending matchup of the first round, at least in terms of of the name value. And and I don't know. I I like I say I sent in my Eastern picks this morning. I had Montreal in seven until the last minute. I went in and changed it to Rangers in seven, and I've already I've already got people talking me out of that. And I'm I'm actually thinking of doing that that thing because I have to put in some picks with Sportsnet too, and I'm thinking of like flipping my pick so I'm covered <laughs> both ways, and just hoping that nobody notices. That's what you should have done anyway. You should have just done like completely opposite picks for both websites. This way, when anyone screenshots things at you, like, um, bro, you took Toronto in five, and you just like screenshot back. Sorry, I said Caps in five. What are you talking about? Uh, don't know what you're talking about, but <laughs> yeah. So I, I, that's that's where I'm at, which is to say I, I'm not completely sure where I'm at. So I, as as someone who spends most of their time in the world's greatest, most famous, most amazing arena, <laughs> I'm curious to hear what you have to say. By the way, Tr- Tristan Jarry last night made his NHL debut in that meaningless Penguins-Rangers game. And unprompted, I give him credit, unprompted, somebody asked him, so what was your first game like? And he said, you know, being in this building, like he actually went into that line about how great MSG is on his own. So I usually give people a lot of crap for that, but he was genuinely excited to, to be an MSG. Good job. Veteran presence right there. All right. Here's, here's the way I look at this series. Like I, like, like Pittsburgh over Columbus, I feel like Columbus has a chance. I'm, I'm Montreal over the Rangers and I don't think the Rangers have a chance. I really don't. And I, I, I can get why that seems insane. They're, they're one point apart. The Rangers can score a bunch of goals, but I, I just, the Rangers back end is so bad. 
their, their group their group of six defensemen it's it's Ryan McDonough um Brandon Smith is okay Brady Shea when he's on is pretty decent but like Dan Girardi Mark Stahl Kevin Klein Adam Clendenning whoever they decide to put out there as their bottom three guys have just like last night Kevin Klein played because they needed to put some veterans out there and he just committed one of the worst turnovers I've ever seen to set up a breakaway goal for the Penguins like yeah, it's a meaningless game and guys are going at a half speed and they're not trying to hit or anything, but that's just what the Rangers have been doing all year. And while I am a huge fan of Shea Weber jokes, I mean, I love a good Shea Weber joke. I really do. That group of, of six defensemen is just so much better than what the Rangers have. Like Alexi Emelin's not going to play game one. Like Alexi Emelin would be the, the Rangers number two defenseman at this point. Like Montreal's not going to miss him. They'll, they'll be fine without him, especially against the Rangers. So I go up and down the lineup. The Rangers at this point, or I'd say the Canadians at this point, have the better goaltender. They have the better group of defensemen. Forwards, the Rangers probably have more skill and talent in their group of 12, but I don't think it's a huge difference there one way or the other. I'd rather have Claude Julien as my head coach than Elaine Vigneault. The Rangers down the stretch have just been really bad. I, I, I just don't see how they're going to beat the Canadians in this series. Like, I think it's going to be a close series. I'm going to say Montreal in six, but I just, I, I can't picture the Rangers taking four out of seven against this team unless, let's say hypothetically, I don't know, Michael Gradmer's on a breakaway and he just happens to lose his footing and he happens to slide skates up into Carey Price's groin and he has to be carted off the ice and they have to go with their backup. Then maybe, then maybe I could see it maybe, maybe. being a Rangers series, but Otherwise, what are, what are the odds of that happening? I mean, twice in three years. I mean, come on, what are the odds? So, all right, I think you've I think you've convinced me. I think I'm going to flip over to Montreal. And you know, it's funny, listening to you describe the Rangers blue line, like I can't help but think back to the trade deadline. And again, where we all thought Shattenkirk was going to the Rangers, and then he ends up going to the Capitals, and, and Doug Armstrong says, honestly, we didn't really have anyone else making a serious bid. And at the time, everybody was oh, good, jo- good job, New York. They're gonna, you're gonna get them in July. Good job, not giving up an asset or a first round pick or whatever else. And you just wonder, like, if you could go back now, knowing how this yeah, played out, knowing that you've got that. I mean, that path through the Atlantic is not a tough path. You've got. I remember we talked about it at the time. Like, how many years of of Henrik Lundqvist do you have left? Where he's in his prime to win a title, and you know. Should should they maybe have rolled the dice and and tried to load up for this year? I I still feel like they should have. Uh, boy, it's uh, yeah. We'll we'll see. But if if the blue line ends up being what what brings them down, that's going to be a bit of a tough one to swallow. And that's Hope the thing that. too. Like Lundqvist isn't. I mean, Lundqvist is very capable of just showing up for game one and being his old self. But he has not been his old. Like he had a pretty good two week stretch. After he gave up, he gave up a bunch of goals in a lot of games. But I think it was either the Dallas game or the Columbus game. He gave up like six or seven goals, and then after that, he was lights out for a while. But then he got hurt. So he has the potential to still be that same guy that can mask all the flaws of his team. But he just hasn't been that same guy this year. So yeah. like, if it's Henrik Lundqvist of 2014, I'd probably pick them to win the series. But he just, you know, it, it's partly it's it's more the team in front of him at this point than Lundqvist. But mm-hmm. if he's not at that same level like where he, he can like he cover could up, still steal it. But yeah. it's yeah, it's getting less likely. So I I don't know. I mean, I, I guess they went conservative, and uh, I hope that twenty third overall draft pick in a terrible draft 
who makes the NHL four years from now was worth it because mm-hmm. boy, they could they could they could use a Kevin Shattenkirk right now. And the thing I always said too about Shattenkirk was it's not as though getting Shattenkirk this year would have meant they were Stanley Cup favorites or anything like that. But I think it would have given them a chance, like you said, because like at that point of the trade deadline. We were all pretty sure that the Rangers were going to have to go through the Atlantic, which is the division you want to go through. And Shattenkirk could yeah. get them through those two rounds. And then you have Lundqvist in the conference final against Columbus or Pittsburgh or Washington. Yeah. Then you take your chances. Like, like right now, you're asking Lundqvist point, to steal yeah. three series. Like You can ask Lundqvist to steal the conference finals as opposed to asking him to steal the Montreal series and then you know another series after that but you get, you get to the final four you've got a shot yeah like I don't I'm, I I see this with people sometimes that uh you know here in Ottawa well you know they could win the division but what are they going to do well then they're in the final four then right you know if you've got a shot at it so I don't, I don't know if you flip me on that all right sorry absent seven that's that's my fault if it goes the wrong way Ottawa. Yeah, Boston, Ottawa. Yeah, this is this is your series. This is your hometown. Take me, take me through it. Take me through your thought process on how Ottawa is not going to win this series. Uh, well, I mean, this is. I mean, let's be honest. This is probably the worst first round series uh, in terms of at least in terms of the the matchup, like the the caliber of the two teams. It could end up being a real good series. It could end up being. Uh, being a, a fun one to watch, they uh, the Senators and Bruins have n- somehow never played each other in the playoffs, hmm. even though they've been in the same division for twenty plus years. Uh, so it's, I mean, we've got it's Zidane Chera coming back to Ottawa. Uh, you've got uh, uh, Alex Burrows, who made lots of friends in Boston back in two thousand eleven in the Stanley Cup Final. He gets to reacquaint himself with with that team and that fan base. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be fun. Uh, it's, I don't, man, a, a lot of the numbers guys still like the Bruins yep. an awful lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, and I don't, I don't necessarily see it. I, I think Ottawa, and this is partly just me being up close and, and, and maybe seeing them a bit more. I do feel like they're, they're getting a little bit of a short shrift by, by some folks out there who are just writing them off completely. You know, like they, they come in the only team. With a negative goals differential, the, the you know the, they they kind of limp into the playoffs, even though they wound up with home ice. Um, a lot of it's going to come down to, to health because Ottawa is another team that's quite beat up. We were told today that they expect everyone back for Game One, with the possible exception of of Mark uh, Mathot, who had his his uh, you know, finger hacked off by Sidney Crosby and and might might miss a little bit of time. The thing to keep an eye on here, though, is Eric Carlson. Because Eric Carlson might play in Game One, but right. he's not right. He he was hurt for a bit. He came back. He got hurt again. Did did something to his foot. We think uh, came back in that game, and and everybody was you know if 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 you were watching that game at the time, or you're on you know following it on Twitter or something, it, you know it was oh no, Eric Carlson just went down, just just limped off and and went to the room, and then. Ten minutes later, it was okay. False alarm. Eric Carlson is back, and he came back, but he didn't play. He did, he never went on the ice for the for the rest of the, the rest of the game, and he hasn't played since. And we're told that he's going to play, but there's a difference this time of year between you're going to play versus right. you're anywhere close to a hundred percent. And and he's he's the best player on the team. He's quite possibly the best player in the series. Um, I you know Ottawa's got they've got good goaltending. They've got a, a nicely spread out 
offense, which is important against the Bruins because with Patrice Bergeron, like you know, if you if you're a one line team, they can send Bergeron out there to shut you down. Uh, I feel like Ottawa's got a puncher's chance in this one. I didn't pick them. I ended up picking Boston in six, but this one feels pretty coin flippy to me, and uh, I, it it wouldn't shock me to see Ottawa uh, win the series and and maybe even put a scare into whoever they run into in round two. I feel almost the same way. Like I, th- this is my, like for Rangers Montreal for you, where you could go either way. Like, like sitting here on Monday, not really knowing the injury situation for the, for the senators. Like I, I, if both teams are healthy, I like Ottawa. I just feel like in the playoffs, like Guy Boucher will strangle the life out of your team. Like, yeah, Boston has Patrice Bergeron, but Guy Boucher will one, three, one you to death in the playoffs. If Ottawa scores first, it's over. And I hate that part of the playoffs. It's the worst part of the playoffs is when a team like Ottawa gets in and they just get a one nothing lead and they're like, eh, we're good. Yeah, good luck getting through this. We're just going to counterattack the rest of the game. But yeah, if Eric Carlson's not at 100%, like I want to know what percent he's at. Like, is he at 70? Is he at 85? Is he at 92? Is he going to play for sure? I don't know. And Boston, on the other hand, is is so banged up on defense, they're going to they're gonna play uh, Charlie McAvoy in game one. And that's a whole big thing in Boston. Yep. By the way, if you're a Bruins fan, like I used to be the same way. I remember when the, the, the Flames gave Johnny Gaudreau those two games at the end of the season when he, he came from college, and I was like, this is so dumb, I hate it. And everybody was like, Lozo, you're a moron, which I get all the time. Like I'm so used to that at that point. It's no big <laughs> deal to me. But like in hindsight, like yeah, like they used Johnny Gaudreau. They burned the first year of his ELC. And I mean the Flames have been to the playoffs twice with Johnny Gaudreau there. So yeah, you want to be able to save that year and not have that cap hit go up the way it did but i'm fine with them using charlie mcavoy in the yeah. playoffs and like the rangers did it with chris Kreider in 2012 it doesn't it seems like a big deal at the time because you're thinking that fourth year he's going to get four million or whatever and you'd rather have him making 950 but i don't think it's a huge deal but i don't know I, who do i pick in this series sean i don't know well, why don't why don't you pick the Senators since I think we've been on the same page for every other okay series? All right, I'll, all right, I'll, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. We got to have conflict. We got to have like a Skip Bayless thing going on here. Yeah, Boston's too weak and slow and old. Ottawa's the young hip new team, and I'm taking the Senators in seven games. Although I reserve the right to change that later when I write a preview. But yeah, for for right now, <laughs> for right now, I'm going to go with the Ottawa Senators. All right. All right. So there you go. Oh, wait. So we, were, we, go. we were different. On, oh, no. I changed your mind on Rangers Montreal. That's yeah. A, that's a bad sign for that. Team. I flipped. I caved completely. <laughs> um, the, let's do the Pacific first. Let's save the okay. Central for last. Anaheim versus Calgary. Calgary. That's going to be a fun series. I'm, I'm still not completely over losing out on that Edmonton-Calgary series. Yeah. That we had. Like, it was right there. The Kings had the lead. You know what the turning point was? The, the Kings, you know, this is Sunday night. If Anaheim gets a point, they clinch first place and 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 ruin the Edmonton-Calgary series. L.A. and the Ducks are tied at two, and L.A. scores to make it 3-2 to two for the Kings in the third period, and Jerome McGinley gets the goal. I mean, how no, perfect. No, they, they, they Jerome McGinley. They changed it. The former flame from Edmonton, Alberta, sets up the Battle of Alberta, right? (laughs) And then, yeah, then what happens? There's some, uh, you know, somebody in the somebody somewhere, oh, you know, no, it's just what? Because somebody else touched the puck. I mean, we're going to go on that technicality. They take the goal away from Jerome McGinley. The Ducks score. That goes to overtime. We lose our Battle of Alberta. At least for now, because it's still alive for round two. 
But uh, yeah, this, this is going to be a fun series. I, and and you know, the out of all the series, this one also has that little bit of bad blood going into it because of the whole Giordano Cam Fowler thing. Um, like Bob Murray is 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 ripping on the Flames a little bit in the media today, and then I just saw like the the Flames are starting to fire back. Uh, and you know, we haven't heard from Brian Burke yet, but we're gonna, you know, that that's coming. So I'm looking forward to this series. I think I, uh, actually, you know what? I, I, I have not made my picks for this cause I don't have to do my Western picks mm. until, uh, until Wednesday. So I, I, from this point on, I reserve the right to completely flip flop without <laughs> even acknowledging it. But I, you know, I'm, I would pick the Ducks. The the other thing that kind of hangs over this this series is there's that crazy stat where the Flames have not won in Anaheim since 2004. They've lost 26 straight games in Anaheim, uh, which is not good when you're going into a series as the road team and and you got to play four on the road. But, um, I mean, you you can totally see the Flames just going in, winning game one, and, and just screwing up everybody's, everything we thought we knew about the series. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick the Ducks. But it's going to be a fun series. This this is going to be. Uh, they they should they they should force them to play this series at like seven o'clock Eastern, and <laughs> and just screw over all the Pacific Time fans who who don't want to don't want to like have the game start while they're still at work. Yeah. Too bad. I want to watch it in prime time. They're going to end at two a.m. These games. First of all, I want to apologize for talking over your Jerome McGinley bit. I didn't realize where you were going. That was a good bit, and I feel like I I, I, I stepped all over it. And I apologize. I should I, I should take, I should have known where you were going. Post. But I, I don't I don't want to get all excited about it because I was excited about the Jerome McGinley goal because I think that goal gave him the exact amount of goals I I predicted for him when he got traded over. But then it, they took it away, so I was mad about that. It's always about me. This series, I'm going Calgary. I just feel like okay, Cam Fowler the the Cam Fowler injury. Yeah, the Ducks. I, like I get it, the Ducks or the Ducks, the Flames. You know, they they played Anaheim that year a couple of years ago when they got in the playoffs when they were bad. I, I just you look at the. I mean, the standings are so weird. We talked about this last week, but there's an 11 point difference between Anaheim and Calgary. Yet that's Anaheim, huge. And like Anaheim They're is so won, different. They've won one more game. They have 46 yeah. wins, and Calgary has 45. And even if you go to regulation OT, it's 43 41. It's not that big a difference. And then goal differential is a, a difference of 18 goals, but some of that has to do with, you know, overtime, you know, sh- or shootout wins and stuff like that. Well, actually, no, it doesn't. Calgary's got more shootout wins, but I just think, I just think this Calgary team is actually good. The Calgary team that went to the playoffs and beat Vancouver a couple of years ago sucked butt. Stinky, smelly, gross butt. And it should not have been in the playoffs. And this team is actually good. And so, I just think I think this is going to be the year. I think Calgary is going to they're going to go into Anaheim. They're going to win a couple times. They're going to win the series. Johnny Gaudreau, household name. Oh, that's the, the the one issue too is going to be how they referee the series because Johnny Gaudreau is is probably going to get you know attacked by Kevin Bieksa on a regular basis and guys like that. Corey Perry is probably going to actually put his stick down Johnny Gaudreau's throat and referees will just be like, "Play on, man! Two two game with four minutes to go. I can't call that." But I still like Calgary. Going to go Calgary in. I'll say six. I'll say they, they clinched on home. I'll say Calgary in seven. I'll say they win game seven in Anaheim to exercise the demons. I like it. Plus, I mean, if if that that's where it gets real fun with Anaheim, if they get to a game seven, because then everyone has the big meltdown. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's still, that was my very favorite subplot of the offseason is the Anaheim Ducks firing Bruce Boudreau because he couldn't win in game sevens and they were tired of losing game sevens yep. and hiring... Randy Carlisle, <laughs> who was behind the bench for the 
greatest, most horrific Game 7 meltdown <laughs> in recent NHL history. I love this sport. It's so good. I love it. It's great. Oh, I, God. You know, I, I'll tell you, man, if they get to Game 7, Randy Carlisle knows what not to do. <laughs> Can... And even better, even better. Oh my god! Like, let's say Anaheim's up three two in the series. Calgary wins Game Six on home ice because that's the whole thing. Whenever Bruce Boudreau was up three two, he couldn't close out a series. Goes back to Anaheim, Game Seven. Randy Carlyle looks down at his bench and he points right at Jonathan Bernier. <laughs> You're my guy, buddy. Boy, I gotta tell you. I'll just I'll just say this as a Leafs fan, man. If you're <laughs> out there, I, I know we have a lot of Ducks players who listen to this podcast. Uh, if if you get to Game Seven, I wish you the best of luck. Because if it goes bad, Randy Carlisle will throw you under the bus so bad he will just absolutely you you can leave it all out there on the ice, and he will just back over you at the Zamboni a few times to if if it if it helps make himself look good. So uh, good luck to you. Yep. Good luck. All right. So you've got Calgary going through. Yeah. Let's do Edmonton San Jose. All right. Everything in my heart tells me to pick Edmonton. They're completely healthy. Connor McDavid, force of nature. San Jose's probably not going to have Logan Couture. They're probably going to have Joe Thornton at like half strength if he plays at all. They're going to be missing their top two centers. I just think San Jose is going to somehow find a way to ruin Todd McClellan's day. I just, I don't know why. I have no, like, like when I I write my preview, what'd you say? Yeah. This is like your one gut pick. Right. You always have to have the one. Yeah. Like, like I haven't like, like, like later on, like I will write up something and I'll be like, you know, this team score adjusted Fenwick their last 20 games shows that they're trending in the right for whatever reason. I just feel like, like Cam Talbot's going to hit a wall. He's played 73 games. San Jose is just, again, I like there's like, if, if the Penguins were missing Crosby and Malkin, I wouldn't pick the Penguins. If the Blackhawks were missing Taves and Anisimov, I wouldn't pick the Blackhawks. But I don't know why. I'm just I'm I'm gonna pick San Jose to win the series. I in in like in in six games I will say San Jose beats Edmonton, even though I know that they're probably not better than them at this point. See, I'm on the other side. I actually this is one of the few series I feel good about. I feel like Edmonton's they're rolling. Yeah. They're healthy. I get it. Uh that building is gonna be a madhouse. That that you know, first first playoff action in eleven years, it's it's gonna be crazy. And I just like you know, the one thing that kind of sticks in my mind a bit is this is that classic kind of two teams going in opposite directions. Like San Jose, this feels like this this might be it. The, the Thornton Marlowe era, this could be the the closing of the window. And and the Oilers are you know they're they're so young and they're they they're, there's they got the whole Connor McDavid era ahead of them. And and you know, old school hockey narrative wisdom says that this is the series that the Sharks grit their way to a win and the Oilers learn how to learn learn what it takes in the playoffs by by virtue of losing I just I don't think that old school stuff works anymore I don't think it, today's NHL I think they're just too skilled too fast um and uh you know I I don't think the Oilers are by any stretch a, a perfect team but I think they're they're more than good enough to beat a Sharks team that, especially over the last couple of months, has has really looked like they were they were starting to wobble pretty bad. Yeah, that's fair. I just I just I don't know. I got no I have no analytical or scientifically based reason to take San Jose. I just got a feeling. Right. So I'm going. So San between Jose. us, we've we we ended up creating a second round battle of Alberta, like between the two of us, because I've got Edmonton and you've got Calgary. Yeah. 
which I would prefer in the second round over Anaheim versus San Jose. If it's about San Jose would be okay too, but uh, yeah, I'm tired. I'm tired of the same storyline, Sean, which you can read about at some point on vice uh, in the next couple of days. <laughs> as soon as I get around to writing that too. All right. Well, speaking of being tired of the same storylines, <laughs> the Chicago Blackhawks potential Stanley cup favorites. Yep. Unbeatable. Can anyone stop this juggernaut? Preds in six, Dave, Sean. Preds in Dave, six. Dave, you're a big fan of the Blackhawks, oh, right? Yeah. I, I just a huge fan of everything about that organization and how they do things the right way. Uh, <sighs> fucking team. Um. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I am picking the Preds to pull the one versus eight upset here. Yep. Even though, again, this isn't a situation where like there's a there's a there's closeness in the standings at all. Forty six regulation overtime wins versus thirty nine. The Preds have been inconsistent all year. I just feel like Chicago's gotten so much better as the years gone on. Like I understand they're not that same team that doesn't have any depth, but I just feel like the Predators are going to do it. I just I go back to that series in twenty fifteen when Chicago um, beat the Predators that people will in, in 10 years when people are arguing about why Corey Crawford should be in the hall of fame, even though he's just a taller version of Jonathan quick, they're going to be like two cups. He's won two cups. I mean, that's a guy with two Stanley cups. How many cups does Carey Price have? How many cups does Henrik Lundqvist have? Corey Crawford won the cup twice. Yeah. But in 2015, Corey Crawford vomited on himself for a good two or three games, and then Scott Darling was like, I got this. And that was against Nashville. He came in off the bench that one game when they were down 3 nothing, and he made like 40-something saves, the backdoor save on Ryan Ellis. Not that it means Corey Crawford's going to stink again because they're playing the same team in the first round, but I just feel like the Predators are a good match, or the Blackhawks are a good matchup for the Predators, and I'm taking Nashville as the team that's going to get hot at the right time, winning six games. I actually agree with virtually all of that. I ended up picking the Blackhawks, but my I, I basically wrote that I desperately wish I could find the courage to pick the Predators because I know all the people who are smarter than me are going to have this as their upset special. And I, I just, I wish I could, I could get there. There's something about the Blackhawks that it's still, you know, it, it just makes me nervous to pick against them, especially when they've got home ice. Uh, which they haven't had actually very often. It's the first time in four years they're opening at home. Uh, but I, I, it would not remotely shock me to see the the Predators pull this off. I think they're a they are the one team that jumps out at me as being significantly better than what their regular season record says they are. Yeah, and I don't. And if I'm a Blackhawks fan, I don't really want any part of this matchup. Not that there was a, there was no weak matchups in. In the in the West, I mean, for all the talk about how the Eastern Conference has been better this year, there's, uh, you know, I I think there's there's probably three teams in the in the East that you'd rather play than than the Nashville Predators, who came in as the eighth seed and yeah, in the West, and uh, it's it's going to be a tough matchup, and I 
am not picking the Predators, but I would not remotely push back on anyone who uh, who was, yourself included. It's hard to pick against a team that has three of the 100 best players in the history of hockey on the roster. Yeah. But by the way, I feel like uh, it, since I think we've now split on four straight series, I just feel like now is a good time to, to point out to, to the readers out there that <laughs> you, I think, are a couple years removed from, from very nearly running the table ah, so in close. the playoffs so close. with a perfect season. And I in September, picked a Stanley Cup final of Dallas versus Tampa Bay. So just keep that in mind, everyone, as you're trying to like sort through which, you know, oh, I don't know, these two guys are both making good points. I don't know who I should. Yeah, but yeah. I've, I've, I've come nowhere close to that the last, that was 2014 when I had it up until the Blackhawks lost to the Kings in Game 7. I had the Blackhawks win in that series in 7 and then they blew game it. Game 7 overtime, wasn't it? Game 7 overtime and Marion Gabrick banked a bad angle shot off Corey Crawford's leg or something, and that's oh God. I still have nightmares. And, and I had the Rangers beating the Blackhawks, and then the Kings. You know, they didn't throttle the Rangers, but they beat them in five. And I just ever since then, like I have never recovered. I think last year I was like four and four in the first round. So don't don't like, like think of me. Think of 2014 me as prime Zdeno Chara, and think of 2017 me now as like broken down Zdeno Chara. Don't don't get on this bandwagon, man. Right. Whereas I am like Matt Hunwick. I'm just, I am what I am. <laughs> You're a number one on That's some it. teams. You're a number seven on other teams. Yeah. Who knows? Exactly. All right. We got one series to go. Minnesota, St. Louis. Yeah. The series I care yeah. about the least. Did you see the, uh, uh, the, the, that there's this one sports book that emails all of us their odds all the time. Oh, yeah. And they sent out their odds today. For the Stanley Cup, Jimmy and Jimmy Shapiro, good old Jimmy, and they've got the St. Louis Blues as the biggest long shot in all of yeah. the NHL. They've got them 16th out of the 16th playoff teams, like behind the Leafs, behind the Senators. That struck me as kind of surprising, is, well, I, because I don't. I, I I mean, I think I'm picking Minnesota in this series, but I, this certain it certainly doesn't grab me as you know a team that that doesn't even belong here versus. Uh, you know, versus a powerhouse. I mean, the the Blues go in as one of the hottest teams in the league. Not that that matters very much. Um, they've they've really been a different team since shortly after the coaching change. Jake Allen seems to have his his head back on straight. I you know this doesn't it, it, would it would it be a shock to see the Blues go in and and beat a Minnesota Wild team that hasn't looked very good for two months now with the exception of winning four to end the season, but they, they played like four terrible teams to get it. Sean wild in five, no faith in the blues, none whatsoever. None at all. Eh? Well, I, I was, I've read some stuff by like, again, people that are smarter than both you and I, and everyone seems to point out that the Minnesota wilds last month or so, they're not so much playing bad. They're, they're sort of going through an unlucky stretch where, yeah, like Devin Dubnik has come back to earth a little bit, but they're just not, pucks just aren't going in at a rate that's anywhere near average. Like they're just, they're really struggling. So, I mean, yeah, that could continue for the next six games against St. Louis, but I would rather, like, again, I, I, the reason why they're probably 33 to 1 and the 16th team in the, in the odds is because they traded Kevin Shattenkirk. So, like, image wise, they're thought of as a team that was like, ah, we're done, we're out of it, we fired our coach, and then they got into the playoffs anyway. So, that that mentality, you know, that yeah. that mentality reminds me of how in the NCAA tournament, there's always teams that play in those first four games, and then they get into the actual real NCAA tournament that starts on Thursday and Friday, 
and nobody wants to pick those teams. And it's always an 11 seed, and one of those 11 seeds always finds a way to win a first-round game. And St. Louis kind of has that, like, you know, we shouldn't be here, no one thinks we should be here mentality, and I think that could work for them. But I just think Minnesota is just, like, it's the wrong matchup for that. Like, if St. Louis was playing San Jose for some reason, or Edmonton, or even Chicago maybe, I might sneakily go with the upset. But I just think Minnesota is just, they're just better across the board. Okay, I think you, yeah, you've you've made a convincing argument. So I'm I'm on. But I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to say Wild in six. I'm going to basically prices right you so that <laughs> I'm still picking the Wild. But if the series is any any tougher, I, I I'll end up coming closer. Right. And I, by the way, I'd like to I'd like to us to give ourselves a pat on the back for being able to bring just about every playoff series back to Kevin Shattenkirk. Yes, good job. I did not realize he was the. He was the Rosetta Stone of this year's NHL playoffs, but it's... He's going to be a hell of a Blackhawk next year. Yeah. All right. Oh, All right. So should we do our award winners real quick here and then do some mail and then and then move on with Well, yeah, game? let's 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 do award winners because you... We both have ballots. We both vote. I don't... Uh, no, NHL actually, I, I, I realized this this week. I don't actually have... The ballot rotates. I did it for two years and now this is my year oh, off. I actually have no official ballot. Out? Yeah, okay. I'm out of it this year. All right. Well, you you may not have a ballot, but you have uh, filled out your ballot because I yeah. saw that you, yeah. you you posted that, and I have not yet. So, I, and I I'm confused and frightened on a lot of this. So I'm looking for for your guidance on some of these. Let Let's start with Let's start with what is probably shaping up to be easy ones. Uh, this this one didn't look like an easy one until a few weeks ago, but the Calder Trophy. It's Austin Matthews, right? For sure, Austin Matthews. It was, it was close for a while, but yeah, it was. It was. It was one of those things where like they had similar numbers, but Patrick Laine was averaging like point zero three more points per game, or he had more points in like six fewer games. But Austin Matthews, the position he plays, the competition he faces, the forty goals—it's him for sure. Yeah. Yep, I'm. I'm with you. I, and and you've got Laney number two, and and I think I will as well. And. Uh, you did something kind of interesting, which is that you found space on your ballot for both of the other two Maple Leafs. Yeah, like Connor I, and I, I like Zach Wierenski. That was the one people mm-hmm. were like, "Where's Zach Wierenski?" Like, I, I, I don't know. I just see. I think he's on my ballot, and I think Matt Murray is. But I like it. It it feels like again, like you know, a month or two ago, some of these awards, like it, it just feels like we all kind of settle on a consensus. And like we just all decided that like Mitch Marner was going to be sort of the the runner up Toronto rookie, and I think right now I think I've got Nylander ahead of him on my ballot. Yeah, because William Nylander like down the, the last month of the season he may have been the Leafs' best player, including Austin Matthews. I mean he was he was just ridiculous the the for for some of those stretches and I don't know I'm kind of but that's probably we're talking the fifth spot so it doesn't really matter but yeah Austin Matthews is gonna. Is going to win that award. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Winnipeg. Sorry, impartial, subjective Winnipeg journalists who have been working their tails <laughs> off for the last two months to to drive the Patrick Laney PR bus. Um, but I I don't think it's I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, and another one that that we thought was going to be close and tough, and now doesn't look particularly tough anymore. Hart Trophy. Yeah. Is there any argument that it's not Connor McDavid? I, I saw somebody on Twitter a couple nights ago arguing for Sergei Bobrovsky, but no, don't do that. It's it's Connor McDavid. Like I get I get the logic yeah. to an extent. He, but he could he could be on a ballot, like a fourth or fifth. You want to yeah. slide a goalie in there? He sure. but yeah, 
The, you you on your ballot, I thought it was interesting. You had Sidney Crosby fifth. Yeah. Whereas I think a, a lot of people probably have him second or third. Yeah. I just, this is where you get into the arguments about like value to your team. And I'm sort of like punishing Crosby for being on a very, very good loaded team where, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like Eric Carlson's not like Eric Carlson's right. on a team where. Or a Nikita Kucherov who yeah. almost single-handedly dragged. Right. lightning into the playoffs and like when the point totals are so similar like i'd rather i'd rather reward the guy that lugged the team within two points of a playoff spot or lugged the team into yeah. a playoff spot where crosby like crosby and malkin were tied in points before malkin got hurt so it's hard for me to just be like like i get it crosby's more valuable to the team than malkin points aside but yeah it's one of those things too where i'm probably like being like those dudes who voted for like the nba mvps in the 90s and just got tired of voting for michael jordan it was just like Carmelone this uh-huh. year will be the mvp but it's yeah, like I, I'm more comfortable putting Crosby that low when Connor McDavid's so clearly the MVP. Where I feel like yeah. I'm not taking anything away from Crosby. Yeah, and I think I mean McDavid's gonna McDavid's gonna win this one fairly easily. Even even if a few of the old school types you know want him to earn it somehow. I mean, yeah, I know he, that that's I think I think it's gonna be all set. Is Austin Matthews is Austin Matthews on your ballot or no? I thought about that for MVP. Yeah. No. No, I don't. Uh, not not yet. Uh, he'll he he's certainly might be there. He's got to earn it first. Down the line, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I he'll he'll probably get a couple of votes tossed his way, and I don't think that's that's no, the worst all. thing in the world. But uh, yeah, I, I don't. It's I mean, there, there's a lot of good candidates. There, I mean, we didn't talk about Brad Marchand, but he's he'll he'll be there too, and 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 some of the other guys. So no, I don't. I don't have Austin Matthews. Um, yeah, fair enough. Norris Trophy. This one, this is this is like the opposite of the last two. The last two we thought were going to be close until the end, the Hart and the Calder. This one, it feels like we all decided in midseason that it was definitely going to be Brent Burns, and then just towards the end, here comes Eric Carlson again to cause yet another Norris Trophy debate. Mm. Which which guy got your vote? I feel bad that I'm not voting for Eric Carlson this year because he should have won it last year, and this year he's having a almost identical season to the one he had last year. But I just think Brent Burns has been a little tiny smidge better. Like if it was most valuable defenseman, Eric Carlson, for sure. Like in the MVP vote, I think, I think I have, I'm pretty sure I have Carlson up in my vote and not Brent Burns. Like I feel like he's more valuable to Ottawa than Brent Burns is to San Jose. But I just think Brent Burns is having or had at this point a slightly tiny smidge of a better season i'm okay if Eric Carlson wins an artist this year i'm not going to complain about it but yeah i don't want i don't want to be one of those voters who like continuously retroactively makes up for the mistakes of the phwa because that's how we got drew doughty last year yes exactly so but i i I, and i think i think i'm leaning towards brent burns as well but i got it like i i can imagine if you're an eric carlson fan you're a senator's fan like how frustrated you must be because Last year, it was, you know, two things. First of all, it was Drew Doughty deserved it because he had deserved it in the past and hadn't got it, which in theory should work to Eric Carlson's benefit this year. Uh, And then the other piece was, you know, Eric Carlson was the numbers guy. Like, yeah, I mean, he could, he'd rack up big points, but was he a two-way player? Was he a guy you wanted blocking shots? Was he a guy who could do this and that? And then here comes Brent Burns, racks up even slightly bigger numbers, and everyone's like, ah, you got to give it to the guy with the numbers. And meanwhile, Eric Carlson's numbers take a dip <laughs> because he hurts himself blocking a shot, which I think he 
he he either led the league in block shots or or came close which doesn't i mean block shots is one of those stats where i mean you know the team owner can come into the stats group and say like hey by the way our guy better lead the league in block shots and magically they can make it happen mm-hmm. but even then i mean the the fact that you know here's eric carlson out there blocking shots gets hurt and everyone goes ah, so shouldn't have been blocking those shots should have concentrated on those offensive numbers <laughs> and they give the they give the norris to to brent burns but yeah what, what else have we got uh selkie selkie uh bergeron yeah, yeah. he's Bergeron and then a bunch of guys that there's there's like six guys you could choose. Lady Bing, no one cares. No one cares. I, I voted for I, I voted for that. Don't remember who I even picked. Was it Louis Erickson? I think I might have picked Louis Erickson. You, you yeah. voted for Louis Erickson. Yeah. Nice guy. Not a lot of pims. Good player. Sure. Whatever. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Um the oh, hold, uh, hold on, hold on, the cops are here. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> they found me. That is that's it. It's the Norris Trophy Police showing up. That's actually an ambulance. I live I live like four blocks from a hospital, so like whenever someone dies in the middle of the day, they drive past my place. So, oh, that's go. gotta be that's that's a tough break for you. That, that was actually Eric Carlson's Norris chances that were driving past my apartment. There they go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, we don't vote on Vezina, but if we, but we kind of do because we. Every year I'm relieved that I don't have to do a Vezina vote, and then I remember we have to do the All-Star teams, which is pretty much the same as voting for the Vezina. Yeah, that's Bob. Easily. Very easily. That's an easy choice. Too. You think very easily? Like, Brayden Holpe, to me, is, yeah. know, you know, one last year, you want to give it to the new guy, but I, like, I feel like his numbers were pretty similar, although on a better team, or at least a team we all figured was better. Well, I think Bobro- well, Sergey Borowski wound up at nine, what do you wind up at? Nine thirty, nine thirty-one. I'm going to pretend to think about it while I Google. I hope he's at nine twenty-five. Like numbers. that, the, the, a six-point difference to me. Even though it's it's at all all strengths, that's just you know, it's to me that's just too big a gap to give it to somebody else. They both played sixty-three games. Uh, hope he faced two hundred, hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty fewer shots. I Bobrovsky, that's my guy. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a. I think it's close, but yeah, you you might be right. That is that's that's a decent that's a decent gap. And I like your uh, guy. I like your guy for the Jack Adams. I love Mike Babcock. I think he's. I don't know if he's going to get yes, it. Another like, one we don't vote for. Yeah, I feel like Torch is probably going to get it because that's what that's what they do with that award. But Mike see, I, and I hate the way we do that, and that's why I've yeah. If you know, if I had a vote, or even when I do my pretend votes, I like I always push in the other direction. Like I I always vote for like a Joel Quenville or someone like that because I'm. I'm so sick of the Jack Adams basically being the we got it wrong award. Like <laughs> we all make our preseason predictions, which by the way are 95% identical because we all take last year's standings, move a few teams up or down one spot. And that's our predictions. And then whichever one we're most wrong on rather than going, Oh wow, we were all totally wrong. We go, well, there must be some explanation for this. Clearly the coach must've done an amazing job. And so he gets he gets the award. So it'll probably be either Tortorella, maybe Guy Boucher, maybe I don't know, maybe Bruce Boudreau doesn't seem like he got a lot of buzz for that, even though typically that's you know, first year make a big jump up the standings, that tends to be what gets people's attention. But yeah, it'll probably be somebody like that. And we'll all just agree to give it to Babcock next year when the Leafs have hundred and ten <laughs> points and 
I just like when I just love when Torts when, when when Torts gets it and then he gets fired in, in a year and a half like like Bob Harley. Yeah. How, how did we do this? Like I I always look at it. It's like yeah, it's you know which you know who who's your coach of the year? John Tortorella's coach of the year. Okay, if every coach got released from their contract and you had to hire one, is he the first guy you would coach? Or the first <laughs> guy you would pick? No, of course not. Right? You'd hire Babcock or Quenville or Daryl Sutter, you know, somebody like that. But you know, I mean, I if you had to start. A, if you had to start a team with one player, who would you pick? Connor McDavid. Okay, there's your there's your most valuable player. There you go. But when it comes to coaches, it's like, no, I mean, Tortorella might be like the 13th best coach in the league, but he's the coach of this year because dot, dot, dot. Yep. Question mark. So is that all of them? Is that all the awards? Did we do them all? I think that's all the main ones. Like, we, I mean, GM of the year is a stupid award. Yeah, I have no thoughts on um, that. I, we, don't, we still don't know who's going to get the Marc Messier award for – leadership and the only award that's even dumber than the GM <laughs> GM award. Oh, speaking of, GM of the like, year, before we, before we go to questions, we're, we're a Florida Panthers podcast. Welcome back to right. Talon. Congratulations yes. on becoming general manager of a team. You were already general manager of a year ago. Worked his way. It's nice to see a guy work his way up <laughs> through the front office, starting as general manager and working all the way up to general manager. Yeah. I guess we, we should, Talk a bit because it's it's Monday. It's been a busy day because we've had that. We've had two coach firings in the last twenty four. Uh, coach relieving of duties, whatever. Like Lindy Ruff and Willie Desjardins are both gone. Yeah, probably more on the way. You would think. Um, but yeah, and and Dale Talon back as GM, which all the old school types just love. I've what I, what I think is great about that move is they they. You know, Tom Rowe is out as coach, out as GM, and now Tom Rowe is the is an advisor to Dale Talon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's, like really? Like he's going to come into Dale Talon's? Like, I got some advice for you, Dale. Yeah. And Dale's, Dale's like, what? Tell me. I'll just like Dale's going to treat him like George Costanza. I'm just going to do the opposite of whatever you suggest, and I'm going to keep my job for the next ten years. What an amazing situation! To hear what you is. have to say, yeah, that's going to be great. And 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 by the way, what just before we do the. Uh, the reader questions the one other story that i wanted to to work in just in case people have not heard it but jack eichel did you see this with with his uh his contract bonus no what is it is it Uh, are they they pushing him over the let i i let let me be the first to tell you because it's he he went into last last night he has a a kind of one of those standard uh rookie contract bonuses he went into last night with his a two million dollar bonus on the line if he finished in the top 10 in the league in points per game and he went into last night apparently 10th spot and leon dreidel in the oilers game got two points to pass jack eichel by 0.01 of a point knocking jack eichel down to 11th and costing him two million dollars in his contract bonus wow he's never ever going to make that money now that's it that's it for him. He's never going to ever earn. $2 and that's two. Million. I mean, that's two million dollars in Buffalo, which is like having forty million in New York City. That's <laughs> like that's a big chunk. It's like that scene in Euro Trip when they when they they go to that they go to that country with like forty cents and they they live like millionaires. That's what Buffalo's like. Yeah, I've never I've never been. I, I didn't know that. Buffalo's lovely. Don't I? I don't need Sabres fans angry at me again. Yeah, it's too late. I, I still yeah. But uh, yeah, so that that was like that. There's your tragic uh tragic story of the uh of the year poor poor jack eichel 
I wonder if Leon Dreisaitl got any money out of that. I guess so. I guess Leon Dry, Leon Dreisaitl probably got that bonus because he's still on his rookie contract, right? Well, you would think so, but it 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 it's also one of these where there's certain other bonuses you can hit that you may have he may have already had it. And I think in Eichel's case, because he got hurt, uh, a lot of the like the the hard numbers he wasn't going to reach, but it was the the points per game that he had the shot at and wow. uh, and got bounced out. That's always like a fun like under the radar story going into the last weekend. Like I remember a few years ago, there was the Oilers, like all their guys got like cashed in their bonus on like the same goal with five minutes left. Like, you know, Taylor Hall from Jordan Eberle. And there's like millions of dollars on the line. So yeah, that's too bad. Too bad for these kids. They'll never, they'll never, they'll never find a way to earn any more money in the NHL. They're all untalented and bad. It's too, it's rough. All right. Readers. We, we see yes. your questions. We know we've, we, we've, we've gone a little longer today than usual. So uh, we're going to reward you by answering some questions. And uh, Pablo, uh, Pablo Jesus, big fan, of the, big fan of the show, has sent us seven questions. So I feel, like it's, I feel like it's only right to pick one of them. Most of them we've already answered. It's all playoff all questions. Right. But Settle down, Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to know if we think the Lightning will make the playoffs. What do you think, Sean? This year? No, I'm going to say no. You know what? I, 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 I think they have like a, a very slim chance if like – you know, uh, it turns out Toronto um, has cheated at some point, but right. I mean, between now and Wednesday, I just don't see it happening. I, I, I think be the like an NCAA vacate the wins type of thing, right? And then they which you know there. what, extremely unlikely, but it's the Maple Leafs we're talking about. I can't <laughs> completely rule it out. And, and by the way, if I can just make one bonus prediction, do it as a as a tortured Maple Leaf fan. The fact that they snuck into the playoffs at the very end of the season and you are probably going to go and get like swept out of the first round in four or five games. This is going to be the year that the number 14 spot wins the draft lottery. <laughs> that's the only way you're like, God. how could this possibly be a bad thing? And you know, yeah, that's, this is, this is when it's going to happen. So congratulations to the Islanders and or lightning for having the first overall pick. To live inside your mind as a sports fan for a day, it must be just a horrifying thing. Just every it's single hell. negative aspect of a situation. Like the, the Leafs have won the Stanley cup. Oh man, the 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 taxes are going to go up now because yep. of the parade. that looks that thing looks heavy. I bet you Mitch Marner tears a <laughs> tears a tricep trying to lift that. Oh man, uh, Terry Kelly wants to know what do you think is the worst possible Stanley Cup final matchup? He, his suggestion is Ducks Senators. We've already seen that one. We've seen that one. Although maybe this time the Ducks could score the winning goal. <laughs> ah, boy, the worst. He, and and I, I take it he's just saying from an entertainment perspective, kind of thing, like not not from the ratings. That's that's, uh, a, that's another part of the playoffs that I love too. Is once we get to like the final four, and people point out ratings nightmare for the. I don't care. I don't work yeah. for NBC. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to me. say, yeah, I, I'm going to go. Let's go, St. Louis. Uh, yeah, you know, I'd say I'm I'm really trying hard to think of a team other than Ottawa that would fit into that, but. I, sorry, Sens fans. I think maybe St. Louis, Boston. You know, rematch of 1970. I'm, I'm going to go with Terry Kelly. I think Terry Kelly has the right answer. Like, like ratings wise, you would say Oilers versus you know Columbus. Maybe I'll say Ducks Columbus. I think I'd rather no, yeah, Ducks Sens is worse. Yeah. Columbus would be a fun story though. That's, yeah, you know, if they went on a run, they've they've kind of earned it. And I, yeah, uh, what do we got here? L B. Sam Mills, 51. Oh, oh, well, linebacker Sam Mills. I had to read that one out to get oh. that one. Yeah, there you go. 
but it's like all upper and lower. It's all upper. It's mostly lowercase, so it all goes together. But now I get it. He wants to know, or she wants to know, whoever this person is, how many more Sprint commercials does that Verizon trader have to make before Middle Ditch puts hands on him? I don't know. Who's Middle Ditch? I don't even understand what that means. Is that because we don't, we don't get those commercials up here? Oh, you don't get those commercials up there. But okay. I, think, I, 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 know, I think I know, right? Like that's the can you hear me now guy, and then suddenly he showed up on the other. Yeah. Yeah. Thomas Middle. Oh, that's the guy from Silicon Valley. That's the, the, the guy who stars in. I didn't know, I didn't know that yeah, guy's I name until right now. I, I can't answer that question because up here in Canada, we only have like four commercials. It's really and, – and, and like weirdly, like th- seeing that guy doing more than one commercial didn't throw me off because like there aren't that many commercials in Canada, but there are like three actors in Canada who do all the commercials. Yeah. And it just cycles in and out. There's like a three-month stint where the same guy is in every commercial and then you never see him again. But you're just like, oh, like like in the same commercial break, same two-minute break, you'll see the same guy show up in two totally different commercials. And you're just like, okay, sure. So it didn't, yeah, it didn't really phase me that the hipster glasses guy was showing up in, in the wrong ad. Yeah, I've had enough of that guy. I, I, it's also a weird thing, too. It's a weird trend down here. I don't know if it's the same thing up there where, like, companies are basically saying, we're shitty, but we're not that shitty. Like, yeah. Domino's is like, our pizza's bad. But we yeah. made it less bad. And now Sprint, now and I'm, that, I'm, like, I'm a Sprint user too. And Sprint's like, we're, we're only 1% worse than Verizon. Yeah. Like, or you see those car commercials and everyone's like, I associate this brand with garbage cars that <laughs> yeah. explode when you, and then they're like, not anymore. And you're like, wait a second. I didn't know any of that stuff you just said. <laughs> Never really occurred to me that your product was awful, but. Let's, let's close it out here with Vicky Foley with the question that we, we have to answer. It's the uh, it's the FMK of hot seat coaches. No good. Who would you rather have sex with? Who would you rather marry? Who would you rather kill? And she's going with Dan Bilesma, Daryl Sutter, and Paul Maurice. Fire away, Sean. Uh, um. Hmm. Yeah. I know. I know who my kill is. I don't know. I don't know who I want to make love to though. Who who, who are you killing? I'm killing Paul Maurice. I've had enough of him in the NHL. He's 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 had his chances. See, I was I was gonna say I was gonna marry Paul Maurice oh. just because it's the only way he's ever gonna get a ring. Ah, but I'm bumped. Ah. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm 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 taking Daryl Sutter to the bedroom just because I want to see the faces. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so I don't know who that left, who that leaves me with. I think I just did. I just murder Dan Bosma. I think you Sorry. murdered you murdered Dan Bosma. Wow. Well, again, you know he lives in Buffalo right now, so. It's an upgrade. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, um, I think it's time for us to say goodbye. I hope everybody enjoyed what is uh, seemingly looking like an hour and uh, 10 minutes of podcast good times. Uh, we, Me and Sean are probably going to have a whole bunch of playoff stuff up on the internet between now and the start of the playoffs. I don't know when and where my stuff will be up. Vice, the comeback, all those places. Uh, maybe one other place that might surprise you, assuming I can get to it. I don't want to say the name of it because it's not official yet, and it would be funny if I did it. So um, stay tuned for that. And wow, that's, that's all intriguing. Yeah, I'll tell you about it when we're done recording, actually. It's pretty funny. All right. Tim, <laughs> keep keep recording and just tack it on to the end. Dave spills his. Uh, yeah, I've got stuff coming up on Vice. On, if you're hearing this on Tuesday, go check out on Sportsnet. I think I've got the Bandwagon Fans Guide to the 16 playoff teams. Oh, nice. Uh, and, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. And yeah, so if, if you are hearing this on Tuesday, sorry for screwing with you and making you think it's the weekend already. Yeah. It's not. He's still three not days Friday. Still. 
Sorry. Sorry. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back, I believe, at our usually scheduled uh, Friday morning uh, time slot next week. We'll have a whole bunch of playoff stuff to talk about. We can talk about the Leafs uh, being up probably three games to two at that point and looking to close it out back in Toronto. And uh, yeah, that'll be exciting. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you. We'll see everybody then. Thanks for reading. Bye. Bye bye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.